I'm Kyle. I'm Daniel. I'm Rachel. I'm Brendan. I'm Tommy. And we are the original five players of MLW Wiffleball, welcoming you to the 100th episode of the Pipe It Up podcast. Cue the intro. Jack, Dan, fans, we did it. We have made it to the Century Mark episode 100 of the Pipe It Up podcast. We have hit triple digits on the episode mark. Jack, Dan, how are we feeling? A lot of emotions right now for me. Feeling great, Tom. <laughs> a lot of emotions, a lot of emotions. I'm stoked to be a part of the 100th episode. Can't believe it. I'm happy to have you here, Jack. It's been a journey. It's been a lot of ups, a lot of downs through thick and thin, um, you know, it's been it's been a ride. I've learned a lot about just how to speak, talking to you, Jack. Me and you, I feel like I've grown a lot as friends over the years. I feel like every day I get more and more angry with Dan. Dan's all over the place today. He needed cough drops. He's got his. Hey, re- I'm sorry. I'm he's not, got his I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. Man, he's just he's like I'm cold. He's got a blanket wrapped around him right now. <laughs> I am freezing. I don't know why. <laughs> he's got the chills. Dan's got those monkey pox. I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah, I might be on the start of a little cold or something. <laughs> I don't know. Something's not going right. Well, hey, maybe Dan's cold, but the Eagles are red hot. Yes, we the are. The Eagles are red hot. Yes, we are. Um, I don't want to jump the gun, though. Eagles yep. are red hot, but I want to start this podcast off with a, with a proper intro, as it is the 100th episode. Um, and as you guys heard from that little uh, pre-intro music intro, we do have some special guests joining us in a little while. But um, Jack, Dan, I wanted to start today off with a cue of the day, so let's cue the music. Q. 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 of the day. This week's Q of the day comes from none other from myself. Um, I had to bring in a question for the fellows, and it's just simple as this, Jack. Favorite pod memory go? Um, I would say just my favorite memory might even be the first time I just walked down and put the headset on. Like, I was just so excited. Um, but I really did enjoy the video podcast that we did. Oh, man, I felt I like that. I felt like that was like, uh, it just felt very professional. Um, and I know you put in a lot of work on the, the video itself, but I had a really fun time shooting it. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a good one. I, uh, to be honest, it didn't even, it, it totally slipped my mind when I was thinking of my favorite pod memories, but I just goes, it goes to show you how many hours we spent recording now. Um, oh, yeah. I want to say I kind of took over the podcast near episode 40-ish. I know it was well before 50 because for 50 we had Mr. Schultz on. Yeah. It feels so long ago. I, I was going to say, I think my favorite memory would be like the very early days of the podcast when me and Kyle, like yeah. in the COVID years, uh, just down yeah. here in the basement, we were really bored and just, you know, having sports chatter. I remember we had a really good debate, the LeBron versus Jordan episode. That must have been way back in, I don't know, 2020, but... Yeah, a lot of good memories with Kyle doing it down here. I'm two two uh two days away from being well, technically one day by the time you guys are hearing this, but from the first episode that I came on uh, a year ago. So, yeah, it's been a it's been a journey. I mean, I I like Michael Scott when he's like <laughs> Dwight's like favorite moment in the office, and Michael goes all of them, <laughs> and, then, and then Dwight goes like even when the branch was closing, <laughs> but no. I, uh, I've enjoyed a lot of them. I mean, it's it's hard to remember all the fun moments and the laughs and the bloopers and everything that's gone into it over the last year. Um, the video podcast was cool, and I'd say it was a proud moment, and I think it's uh, maybe a sign of what's to come in the future of this podcast. But uh, I really enjoyed uh, I enjoyed the Christmas episode a lot. That one was Christmas fun. episode, yeah. Because that was kind of like out of our comfort zone, out of the usual, not necessarily rut, but out of the usual grind of, you know, talking about wiffle ball, talking about the players, the series, the wiffle ball drama, all that stuff. Christmas episode was a good change of pace. I enjoyed that one a lot, and um, I, I had fun editing it, had fun recording it. So I think that that one's up there for me. Um, another fun memory, Jack, that I had, and I was just telling this story to somebody else over the weekend. Over the weekend. weekend. Oh, there's a good voice crack for old time's sake. Um, <laughs> was when, Jack, you remember the one episode where we had a corrupted file and had to like restart 20 minutes? Yeah. That so that sucked. And the next week. I we recorded the entire episode and then I told Jack at the end after I pushed pause, I was like, Jack, I didn't get anything. He's like, What? Yeah. And I'm like, I was like, I didn't record. What do we do? And Jack looked so upset. He gave <laughs> me the death stare. Yeah. <laughs> then, then I'm like, I'm just kidding, bro. And he just had the oh biggest sigh of relief ever. And I thought that was the funniest thing. We did have some funny bloopers. I remember uh 
there was one at the end where we we were like eating chips and salsa and like drinking uh kirkland water bottles and i said something about something about like some line about how kirkland makes like putters and water bottles or something (laughs) some joke and you just thought it was hilarious yeah that was a good one yeah that was a great line because because it's funny because you don't know how much costco talk there is around my house jackson for those of you that know costco you know, there's a cult of people that just live and breathe Costco, and my yeah, dad is yeah. one of those people. So that joke hit pretty hard for me. So, um, yeah, I enjoyed that. But it's been a good time, and I'm looking forward to the future of the pod. Jack, I got to ask you um, real quick before we get into the series, too, is uh, what's uh, what's one thing that you think could, like, take this podcast to the next level and you can't say a video podcast? I want I want a unique idea if you got it on the spot. Oh, like – um a brand new like unique idea i mean i think the engaging on instagram a little bit more should help us out a little bit um i think having some some more like just additional regular segments um or yeah yeah or maybe uh yeah i mean i feel like we do a pretty good job of staying up to date with things going on but um yeah that's what i'd say what, what you got anything off the top top of your head no, I think Instagram is a big one for me too. And I, I, I pledged to do it like more often and post more often. I kind of started that for three weeks. Now I've kind of fizzled a bit more. I've been doing stories, but nothing on the main feed. So I got to just make a conscious effort to always remember to get stuff for Pipe It Up as well as getting stuff for MLW Wiffle in the, the main feed. So uh, yeah, we're going to keep working on that. And I think that's that's a big step here. Moving into triple digits is the, the weekly, weekly, you know, two to three to four posts on Instagram to just keep the fans engaged all week long and all the behind the scenes stuff that, is MLW because that, that's kind of the whole point of Pipe It Up was to, you know, give right. you guys more insight and just additional content. So why not have the Pipe It Up Instagram be like an extension of that? You know what I mean? No point in putting ourselves in a bottle and like posting exclusively about the podcast only when it's really just behind the scenes stuff, you know? Right. right. So yeah. that's kind of where I want to take it. Um, but Dan, the Red Hot Eagles, let's get into it. Let's do it. Um, Dirty Dan, Dirty Dan. Did you expect this coming into the season? I know you said in your pregame interview um, that like you were the most excited you've ever been for wiffle ball season, the most confident you've ever been. But you guys are coming off of a nearly flawless sweep of the Gators in that last YouTube video that went live. You're sitting at five and one. Like, I mean, you've drafted young players, youngest. You have the youngest team in the league. Did you ever anticipate this? It's still early, but you know, speculation. Oh, there it is. Recolas aren't working. Again, I am sorry. I apologize. I'm a little sick. But, um, no, no, I definitely didn't expect, you know, to start out five and one. But I knew at the start of the year that I love this new look of a team. Landon, uh, I, 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 liked, I loved what I saw from him. And as you can see, he's played all six games already, and he's only produced. Uh, Dallas, I knew, would take the step up. And Blade, I'm, I still got bright future for him for so, sure yeah i i'm i'm really happy with how the eagles have looked so far i mean jack as someone who was not at the series and watched the video i mean it had to have just looked like pure domination right yeah i mean it was i might have just i might have had the worst call uh of the year on just being so high on the gators in the in the beginning of the year um i just that was just domination and i think someone said on the uh on the call there after one of the home runs, but just the, the fact that the Eagles were scoring so many runs, like that's not the Eagles doesn't happen. That's not, that's not the Eagles we see. <laughs> so like now, like seeing that and then the, the pitching between Dan, you and, uh, and Dallas, I mean, yeah, it was pretty, it just looked like I was like, wow, that's a, a new team. You know, that's a completely new team from last year. Well, that's the scary thing, especially for me as a player in the national league is, the D-backs are obviously a great team. And I still think the Gators have talent. I mean, they're 1-5, and five, but I've had so much trouble with them in the past. But the Eagles have always been contenders pretty much behind the arm and the bat of Daniel Schultz, right? It's no secret. Like, his players would joke about it. Zach, Neil, Clayton, all those guys would talk about how great Dan was, and Dan would always have those clutch home runs. But I think, Dan, you said you have one of the lowest batting averages on the team right now. I, I think I have the lowest, honestly. That's unbelievable. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. It's a scary thought, and uh, times are changing. Um, just Landon is just, um, he's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, I can't say much more about the kid. He's uh, just driving the ball with confidence, and he's young. He's really young. I think he's, what is he, 16? He's 16, and I looked it up. He's batting 312, so, like, over six full games. Wow. That's unreal. Yeah, and he's faced, I mean, Gators pitching, I've had so much trouble with in the past. Teams yeah, that's seem to legit. Be fit. 
Legit I know it's legit. Uh, we'll see if the Gators can make adjustments moving forward, but it's legit for sure. And and Dallas is just pitching unbelievable. We'll get Dallas on the call yeah. here in just a moment, but um, I don't know. Do you think? What do you think, Dan? What's the ceiling for this squad? Is it? I mean, you can't focus too soon and get too excited too quickly. But I mean, you got to be thinking uh, we're looking for the one seed now, right? Yeah, I think you know, sitting at five and one, we know what we're capable of. But uh, you know, being a good team, you have to focus on one series at a time. And especially against the Mallards this next series, it's going to be a big one. So, you know, we don't want to look too far ahead. Uh, just focus on what's right in front of us. Yeah, that's, that's a good strategy. I uh, I don't think I returned to the league in 2017. I'm not sure. Maybe that first year I started 5-1. and one. I don't know. But I know we were 3-0 and 0 in 2017. But that's unbelievable. I mean, that's a pretty rare start. The D-backs might have did it last year. But a flawless series like that without allowing any runs we haven't seen since the Gators have played the Mallards the last two years. And um, but besides that, it's always been the Gators doing it to me, and it's the yeah. worst. As an offense, it's demoralizing. It is the worst yeah. feeling. So I can only imagine what Cheatham, Georgie, Zerlag, and Reese Harris were feeling that series. But, um, I mean, Dallas and Dan were just – they just had those guys in, in a fit. They had no idea what to do at the plate. Um, it was strikes out, strikeouts looking, strikeouts swinging. The few balls that were put into play, the plays were made. Um, you know, we, there was the no-hitter talk, especially in that second – and that – Game three, Dallas' yep. second game pitching. Yep. And then someone hit the ball into play, and we're like, oh, that might have been it. And then the fielder's choice at second base. So I don't know. If you're an Eagles fan, if you're if you're Dan, the manager, like I don't think I don't think you could ask for much more. I don't know. I don't know what else you could improve on. Everyone's hitting flawlessly. The pitching is insane. It's just everything is working right now. Yeah, I think I think the biggest key and the biggest reason for our success so far has been the team on base percentage. I think we've been way more disciplined than years past at ter- in terms of at the plate. We're, we're not swinging at junk. We're getting good pitches. And when we get those good pitches, we're putting them in place. So yeah, I'm really happy with uh, the Eagles so far. And I do want to mention, last thing, I do want to commend Blade for still showing up, still being a yeah, part of the team. That's cool. Uh, his energy gives us a real boost. So just good Dan, job, Blade. Dan, what would you, like, how would you describe yourself as a, as a manager, as a leader, like, what are you telling these young guys uh, coming out here and some of their first, you know, beginning starts in MLW? Are you giving them any of that, you know, Dan Schultz wisdom? Um, I think, I, honestly, I try to stay, you know, pretty hands off. I don't, I don't like when managers, you know, all over your business or whatever, but, you know, and like, I got to commend Dallas and Landon, like being only 16 years old, they're very mature kids and, you know, they know how to handle themselves. So I don't have to do much work at all. But, you know, like if I see something, and especially when Dallas is pitching, uh, I'll, I'll definitely give him tips. And, like, he came out to the past series uh, when the Mallards were playing, and we were scouting the team, scouting Robles, and we were talking back and forth, and that was just a great communication. Uh, so we always try to give each other tips. He, he even sometimes sees something that I don't see, and so it's always just great ban- banter between me and Dallas. God, look at these young studs. They're just, they're just out for blood right now. <laughs> I didn't think that steps in their path they're coming for. But um, I wanted to ask you one question before we hear from Dallas, Dan, and that's uh, have you heard it all from Neil or Clayton? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm really proud of Neil and Clayton. They, like, they, took it, they took it like champs, you know. Like they really could have, you know, been upset with me, but they, they've only shown support for the new guys. They're still in the group chat. They're still part of the team. I always invite them out, but I, I totally understand. Uh, you know, they want to let the new guys um, be the main part of the team. So, uh, but I, I truly, um, I, I love the years I spent with Clay and Neil on the field. Um, never got a ring with Neil. I did get one with Clay in 2016, but, uh, you know, at least we made it to the World Series in 19. It didn't end how we wanted it to, but I still had a lot of great memories with them. I mean, I brought it up because I saw today, I think, um, when the, you know, the final score graphics were floating around, I think both Neil and Clayton both reposted them. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're still... The support system's still there. The Eagles yep. Eagles have a deep roster and just a deep support system, I think. And I know there's yeah. a lot of Eagles fans hungry for that championship as you haven't had one at the Meadows yet. So um, I don't know. It's I, I'd be surprised if you guys weren't number one in the next power rankings. The Wildcats have looked amazing, but... After that flawless series, I think it'll be one two. I, I I totally understand too if the Wildcats are still number one. The Wildcats in my mind are still the team to beat, and although we're obviously focusing on that one game, one series at a time mindset, I still you know we got to be up to that Wildcat level. 
good you're good you're uh good you're focusing on that and trying to get there dan all right let's hear from dallas dallas how you doing thanks for joining i'm doing great tom how are you doing Oh, you know, I'm doing well, man. Couldn't ask for a better life right now on episode 100 of the Pipe It Up podcast. So you should feel honored to be here. But we're honored to have you. We're honored to have you. Episode 100. Absolutely, absolutely. It's a big deal, big deal. But um, what also is a big deal is how you've been pitching this season, dude. Three consecutive no-hit shutouts to start the year. I'm not certain I've ever seen anything like this, um, especially in the modern era of MLW, let's say everything beyond 2018 till now. Um, and you faced against the Magic and the Gators, who, to end last season, were both two great-hitting teams. So um, I'm kind of just stunned. You're sitting at 5-1 and one now. And I guess what I want to know, because, you know, as a pitcher myself, um, I know it's hard to, to adapt and to change and to evolve. Like, what do you think, from your side mentally, has changed in your performance that has led to the results you're getting? Well, after my rookie season, I was, uh, well, during my rookie season, I was having trouble hitting the zone, staying around the zone for the entirety of the game. So in the offseason, I really worked on location, on just certain pitches that I knew I could throw for strikes. And then once I got to the first series, I kind of fe- learned that my drop ball was my most, was my most uh, accurate and um, nasty pitch. So I kind of worked on just getting that pitch in the zone and then Moving forward, I'm going to try and work other pitches into the zone as well. But that drop ball has been really, really good for me the past two series. Yeah, what's going on, Dallas? Uh, this year's been a lot of fun so far, man. I can't even lie. It's it's unbelievable. These two clowns are on cloud nine. They think they're <laughs> the big dogs in the league now. Their heads are way too big. I got to I gotta try and beat them in our third series. <laughs> um, but no, my question, so like in my mind, this year has been like, it has an entirely different feel about it compared to previous seasons. So from your perspective, how different does this season feel compared to last year, your rookie season? I mean, last year I felt like in the first couple of seasons, I was, I was nervous, like coming first yeah. time in the league. But right now it's like, it's my sophomore season, second season. I'm feeling a lot more comfortable, not as much pressure out there. I feel like I'm just playing way more relaxed. I think that's helping out for both me and the whole team. And that's what's got us to our five and one start. I mean, yeah, the, the Eagles are really firing on all cylinders right now. I haven't seen a team look this confident since... I mean, the Diamondbacks looked great last year, too. So we'll, we'll say the 2021 Diamondbacks. But I think what's impressed me the most, aside from your pitching and your confidence, is just how every person is stepping up. I mean, we haven't really seen, like, great, great success from large rosters before. But an opening day, you guys ran five guys... You ran four guys against the Gators, and I'm seeing production out of all of the players. I mean, even the rookie, your Gaitis, hitting the ball well. Not necessarily for power, but he's driving in runs, hitting the ball hard. Zach Whalen, a veteran, hitting shots. He hit two home runs in one inning last series. You're hitting the ball well. Dan's hit a few out of the yard, too. So, I don't know, just what's that chemistry like right now, and have you ever experienced like anything like this, um, I guess, both in wiffle ball and in baseball? I mean, it's it's just awesome right now. Like like you said, we're all fired at all cylinders. Like me and Dan are doing both great on the mound right now, and we know that we can run this four or five man lineup and not have to worry about anything because we know everybody can contribute. And it just it feels amazing that we know that we can do that right now. Last year, Dan had to put like a three person lineup for the playoffs, and it was kind of like who do we start, who do we not start. But now we just know that. We don't have to do that anymore. We can just run with everybody. So it feels awesome. I mean, I honestly, it's probably the most team chemistry I've ever experienced in anything. Yeah, I think you're definitely right on the money. Like last year, like there was so much roster changes. I think mo- the most important thing about this year was we found our core and like the four or five guys, well, hopefully five when Blade comes back. Um, Like I have no problem playing five in every game because I know like everyone can contribute. Um, but I guess my next question is, uh, you know, how sustainable do you think, uh, the success is and what can we do to build and continue to grow and develop over the season? I think we just have to keep doing what we're doing. I mean, don't, I mean, don't, don't break what's not broke. So, uh, just keep doing what we're doing and I think we'll have a good season and it'll be a good turnout for, for the rest of the year. I mean, yeah, it's uh, it's hard to argue with that. Uh, you're five and one. <laughs> You've been dominating. Um, you guys shut out the Gators the entirety of last series. Um, that was something that happened to me. I've been on the opposite end of that against the Gators, so it made me jealous a little bit. That's why I wanted to do them this year. 
But the rest of the way, you guys have the Mallards, you got the D-backs, and then you have the Predators, I believe, in your crossover series. The last series, yeah. Is that correct? Yep. So, um, some good teams in that mix, for sure. Um, we'll see if the Mallards are the truth. You know, they escape with that 2-1 series win against the Cobras, but that's your next game. But, uh, I mean, I'm gunning for you, Dallas. I can't lie. I see you and Dan prancing around like you guys are the hottest of the hottest, and uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking to prove you guys wrong as the young guns, but... I'm jealous, man. I was once you, Dallas, young, 16, 17 years old, walking around like I own the place. But guess what, Dallas? I still can ball. I'm coming for you, buddy. <laughs> oh, I'm ready. I'm looking forward to that series for sure. Dallas, always a pleasure chatting it up with you. Uh, disappointed to hear earlier that your baseball game got canceled later today. But thank you for joining us on this century mark of the Pipe It Up podcast. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. All right. Down with the Eagles. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> So now, with the Eagles sitting at 5-1 and one, and the Gators sitting at 1-5, and five, in the National League that leaves the Mallards at 2-1 and one, and the D-backs at 1-2, and two, which is actually the next series. Um, highly anticipated, at least it was for me. I mean, I'm looking forward to that series all year long, playing Norp with Robles, and I think, you know, those are kind of like, you know, that's the MLW icon and Jimmy Norp, and then it's the, you know, the guy who everyone had their eyes on preseason and, and Jordan Robles, so... uh I don't know, Dan. What are your thoughts going into that series? What are you expecting to see? What are you hoping to see as an Eagles player and as a you know a member of the National League? Yeah, I mean that's just the battle of the icons. I mean MLW versus East Coast, Jimmy Norp versus Jordan Robles. It doesn't get much better than that. Uh, should be an absolute battle. I'm I'm really curious to see. You know, obviously Norp and Robles, you're going to get the best of the best. But I think the series will come down to the depth of the, the teams. I think both teams struggle or you know have weaknesses with their depth. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see. You talking about me? I'm not, <laughs> I'm not pointing fingers. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying any names, but I'm just saying the key to this series and really the season as a, as a whole will be the role players. You know, you know, which role players will step up, you know, whether it's you, Tommy, or Heath, like we've seen in the past, will really determine the fate of the season. Yeah, I mean, I've, we've seen that in the past in, in postseason series. That kind of yeah. comes down to it a lot because as we saw last year, like Jimmy Norp was being intentionally walked quite yeah, often. Exactly. Kyle Schultz was being walked. Sailor even got walked a few times. So a lot of times, yeah, um, the aces and the studs of the team know who they can go at and who they should be more careful with. So a lot of times it, role players do make or break the series. Um, so maybe that will apply to the regular season series here. Yeah, like Jordan's going to get a lot of walks. So Tommy and you know Davenport, whoever's playing for the Mallards, you guys are going to see a lot of good pitches, and so you'll have to capitalize on those for sure. Yeah. Jack, what do you think I'm out over there? Uh, I think this is uh, the the series that would be circled in red on just MLW's calendar, uh, just, you know, as a whole of a league. We've got the new number one highly touted draft pick coming in against a team who wasn't able to win their first series, defending champs. Um, we wouldn't say backs against the wall, but they certainly wouldn't want to lose two series in a row. Um and you know they're going to come out hot. So it's, it'll, I don't know, it's going to be interesting. Um, I did peep into the live for game one, so I saw some of it. I didn't uh, see how it ended, but I don't know. I'm, I'm really excited for this one. I'm sure a few of our listeners caught some of the live as well, but I'm not going to spoil anything, of course. Um, but, yeah, as a player, I mean, this is like what you get excited about, right? I mean, I've really became, over the last probably year, especially when I got hurt last year and I was unable to practice and stuff like that, it made me just appreciate, you know, being able to play and being able to be a part of something that's, you know, pretty unique and pretty cool. Um, you know, not many players have, not many people have been involved in something like this and to be able to do it, you know, not only on, you know, from a, a staff standpoint, but also just in terms of um, playing the league, it's just, you know, it's a blessing. We're, we're lucky to be a part of something like that. So, you know, when you look at this game on the calendar and you think about, you know, the fans that are so invested in this and the people that are invested in NORP, the Mallards fans who want to see Robles perform well, um, people that I'm trying to prove wrong and, you know, I want to show that the Mallards are real contenders. Like, this is everything, you know. I, I was looking forward to it all week, you know, ever since our first yeah. series when we beat the Cobras. I was looking forward to playing Jimmy and the D-backs because um, last year, you know, we essentially got embarrassed all year long and really against the D-backs. I know we actually won a game against the D-backs, if you guys remember, we looked horrible. They beat us bad the first two games, and then we beat Shima. Shima pitched against us in the final game of the season, and we barely won. 
we were down to like our last outs and came back and won. So it was just embarrassing. And um, of course, I was still having fun out there, but it's it's different. And I really want to compete and show people that I can compete. So I'm, I'm just looking forward to the opportunity to play. And, uh, I, you know, I love Jimmy. I love Jonah, Chima, all those guys. Even their young guys are, are hilarious, good guys. So it, it just be fun. And it's just, you know, lucky to have experiences like that. And I know it's going to be a good one. Yeah, I uh, I'm super excited with it. I love the New Jersey's. I love the Mallards, New Jersey's. Um, they might be my favorite, honestly. Although the yeah, Magic we haven't, ones are we haven't really touched about that too much, Jack. No, um, re- I think I believe I don't want to spoil too much, and I don't want to get into too much detail. I don't want to take away Drew's thunder, but I believe Drew Davis on Patreon is doing a full eight-team jersey review. Oh, nice. So Drew is taking the helm there. Um, of course, I'm biased. I I do really like the Mallards jerseys a lot, but I will say. When we arrived at the ballpark and we, we had ours on, we had our green shorts on, I'm, I'm all excited. And the D-backs pull theirs out, and I'm like, oof, those are sick. Like, yeah, everyone did a great job. You know, we kind of did it collabor- collaboratively amongst the managers and with the help of Kyle, with the help of Triton. So, like, it was it was a group effort, but, man, they just came out amazing. You know, our, ours are, like, the dry-fit jersey-type um, yep. material. They're all that material, but then... The D- ours is just like a pullover type thing where the D-backs actually like buttons up. So that's pretty cool. Really? I knew that was an that's option, swag. but I kind of modeled our jersey. I was, I was a hybrid of a bunch of different things. If you want the inside scoop on the Mallards jersey, maybe you can give this for the Magic too, Jack, if you were involved in creating that. But yeah, for us, um, obviously we have the new Mallards logo that has the you know the duck face on it with the, with the Mallards hat on. So I'm a big fan of that. Shout out to Cole Story and 41 Design for making that one happen. But um. So I was, you know, thinking about jerseys that I've worn, jerseys that I've seen and loved and trying to make something cool with this opportunity. And um, I went with kind of um, for the design. Um, I've seen many jerseys. Louisville is one that comes to mind that has like the Louisville Cardinal. And then they have the number kind of next to that or like a little bit below it on the opposite side. So that kind of inspired the front. Um, the numbers, like the font on the numbers, is what Michigan State uses, like on their football and baseball jerseys. And I went to Michigan State, obviously, been a lifelong Spartan fan. So that was kind of my little Michigan State footprint on the jersey. And then the jersey style of like the shirt and the collar and like the sleeve cuffs. Um, I had a baseball jersey in high school that was very similar to where it was like, um, it was an all black shirt with like your team color and a white stripe along the collar and the sleeve. So I always thought that was our best Jersey. So that's kind of how it all came together. So a little bit of uh, history there on how the Mallards Jersey came in. And then the, the wings, there's wings on the side too. You probably can't even notice that unless you look closely, but on our sleeves, similar to how Oregon has it, there's like feathers. And that actually was not my idea. I gave all my feedback and my mock-ups to Triton, the, the company that designed them. And um, they bounced back a couple extra designs, and they sent one back that had feathers on the sleeves and within the number text. And I messaged them back, and I just said, "Just do sleeves only. Keep it simple. This looks awesome." And that was nice. that was that. Sweet. We um, I mean, obviously the the '90s Cup logo um is kind of that's just a theme really for the Magic. So it kind of made sense to include that in a color scheme for a sort of retro throwback jersey. Um, we did have, uh, one other design that was a little bit more like traditional, I would say, um, with some horizontal stripes on it and a kind of mashup of our colors. Um, but I mean, this one was just too clean. It was so sweet. It's like, it's such a unique Jersey that still looks cool. And it's got the new magic, uh, wiffle ball with the top hat logo, which, uh, shout out, uh, that was Cole. So that that's sick. Um, I love that logo. So yeah, I'm happy with how they turned out. I can't wait to put mine on. Jack, I have a uh, I actually have an exciting note on the Magic jersey for you. Um, funny enough, I've heard through the grapevine that the CEO of Triton, Team Triton, um, said that's one of his favorite jerseys he's ever made. No way. Yeah. Wow. That cool? That's sweet. That's Don't really send awesome. The cap to the Magic Wiffle Ball squad. I would and, have uh, to. Wow, that's cool. I would have to also give uh give Kyle some credit in there too, because he definitely had uh had some some help in designing that too and pushing me towards that one. So but good stuff. Nice. Yeah, they turned out awesome. I'm sure you guys have already seen if you follow um, you know, MLW on Instagram and on YouTube, but 
If you want to get a jersey of your own instead of a jersey tee, or you want both a jersey tee and a wiffle ball jersey, um, we have them linked on MLWmerch.com, or you can also get them at TeamTriton.com slash MLW. Guys, Dan is horizontal on the carpet right now to my left. He is, uh, he's KO'd over there underneath the dartboard here in the Schultz's basement. I don't know. He's looking a little, a little pale, a little sweaty. I'm not sure, Dan. You need to, you need to set this out. This is a big podcast. I understand the stakes are high, but if you can't perform, you can't perform. He wants in. He's no, saying, Coach, take some put me Motrin in. or something. Yeah, get, get something in your system, Dan. It's go time and five. Vitamin C. Go pound some vitamin C. Vitamin C to the brain. You got oranges yeah. upstairs to start taking them down. Yep. Like candy. Original five, like right now. Hold on. We're going we're gonna to pause and get settled in. It is now that time of the evening, folks, when I welcome to the podcast the other original five members of this league where it all started. I am joined by Kyle. Daniel, Brendan, and Rachel Coughlin. The Schultz family and the Coughlin family reunited again over Zoom in uh, what is a surreal moment for this podcast. I think this is Rachel's first MLW appearance in about a decade, so <laughs> long overdue. But let's just get into the roots of this this league. So if you guys didn't know, and if you are, are new uh, to MLW or newer, if you go back to the bottom of the YouTube channel, if you sort by uh, you know oldest to newest videos, you'll see in 2010 there was just two teams, the Eagles and the Wildcats. And the Wildcats roster was Kyle Schultz and me, Tommy Coughlin. And the Eagles roster was Brendan Schultz, Daniel Schultz, and Rachel Coughlin. So wouldn't say it was the most fair of teams, as you guys who watch probably know, but uh, that's what we did, and that was the entire 2010 season that was uploaded to YouTube was was those two teams just going at it head-to-head over and over and over and over again. <laughs> so, Dan, you're up first. First question's for you. All righty. And I just want to ask you, I mean, being on that team with Rachel and Brendan, what were those days like in 2010 on the Eagles? What was going on in the dugout amongst each other, just being alongside your older brother and... Rachel, your neighbor. I mean, you have to remember at this time that Brennan was the manager, but also, I mean, our, what was our record that year? Probably like three and nineteen. That's correct. Know. So, like, I don't know. Like, you guys were always in harmony. You guys were always winning. We were always bantering each other. I mean, there's only so much, you know, peace and friendship you can be doing when you're <laughs> losing nineteen games a year. No, but I mean, I'm just joking. We we always had fun memories. It's 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 awesome looking back on it. Uh, but yeah, winning's a lot more fun. Now, Brendan, now you being the oldest one, and as Dan said, the manager of the team, was it frustrating just being that older brother and being <laughs> probably one of the best players in the league at the time, but being stuck with two nine-year-olds on your <laughs> roster? Uh, yeah, it, it made it difficult. Uh, our outfield was not the strongest. If it was a pop-up <laughs> to the outfield, there was no guarantees. Uh, I think Kyle's always been the most athletic of, of us in the league. He was always faster than I was, but I was bigger and had the spike curve in the early days. And you, know, you had the, and you had the maturity, the emotional maturity. <laughs> Our fans these days don't know about that spike curve. That was actually the dirtiest pitch, like, ever. That was the first pitch that was dirty because the strike zone was so low. Yeah, the strike feet. zone was literally laying on the ground, and yours was just a hard-cutting drop ball that literally would hit the, hit the strike zone on the bottom half and just strike us all out. If I could be on with that pitch then I think we had a shot. Uh, other than that, it was a little bit of a struggle. If you guys started scoring more than like three or four runs, it was a oh, rough yeah. day for the Eagles. Yep. I mean, there was a lot of rough days for the Eagles, and it's crazy that that actually <laughs> happened. That was a thing. But now, first question for Rachel. First time on the year. First girl on the year on Pipe It Up Podcast history. <laughs> 100 episodes later. Um, what was it like just always competing against all the boys in the neighborhood growing up? And it like... What age did you kind of grew out of that desire to just always be competing against your older brother and his friends? And when, when did that get old for you? Um, Probably when the league like expanded to not just us two because it got kind of overwhelming, I guess, because I was comfortable with just Dan and the boys and you guys. And then at some point I just realized that wasn't part of my future and I was over it and it was just that's fair. For fun. When, when did you actually quit? Because I honestly don't remember what year it was. When, when was your final season? Was there like a, even a retirement or was she just like It gone? was like 13, 2013 or something. I have, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have no, I do not remember much from. There was definitely no formal like retirement or like that's jersey a shame. retirement. That's a real shame. Yeah. 
the forgotten girl. And the funny thing is, is there's actually a lot of girls that are like fans now of MLW. Not like a lot proportionally, but like we've met plenty at the tournaments who yeah. like play in the tournaments and stuff. And some of them are really good. I know. That at our one, tournaments? Yeah, that one girl in Illinois Sarah. is insane. Yeah. Shout out to her. I used um, to think that was gone and I never got mentioned again. I mean, I feel like that's what you didn't want to be mentioned ever again. It's just kind of, <laughs> kind of how it happened. It just kind of got slid under the rug that we ever had a girl in the league. It's a shame. It's a shame what we did. Um, now, Kyle, looking back as you're kind of like the commissioner now, I know that was kind of less official before, but um, if you had these same five teams again and could go back and say it was going to be two teams, how would you have divvied it up? You mean the same five players? Yeah, what do you think the fairest teams possible would have actually been instead of Wildcats and Eagles as it was? That's a good question. I mean, I would have never switched it up because it was either I'm playing with you or I'm not playing at That's all. That's the thing. But, I mean, Brennan was Brennan was a good pitcher, though, and he was older than all of us. So I guess if you wanted it to make you want, want it to be a little even, you'd have to split me and you up. And I'd probably have to take, like, Dan, and you'd have to be with, like, Brennan and Rachel. I think that'd be pretty even. That's what I thought, too, is you have to split up me and Kyle and Daniel and Rachel. Yeah. So then Brendan, I don't know where you decide where to put Brendan, but that's like Brendan's unfair. Brendan's a swing vote. He's the because, swing but, player. Yeah, because Brendan has the nasty pitching, too. So, like, that would have been unfair, too. I feel like whoever had Brendan would have been the better team. But, yeah, people look back at that like, this is dumb. It was so unfair. Like, Kyle and Tony were the best team of all time. Yeah, okay. But it was, like Kyle said, it was because we were, like, best friends. And then Daniel and Rachel were, like, best friends at the time, too. And then poor Brendan had got stuck with Daniel and Rachel because they needed help. So... Yes, I guess that that's kind of just like the sibling rivalries, though. Like, it's always the little siblings against the older ones, and that's just kind of life. I mean, every household has that dynamic where it's the little siblings getting picked on and dealing with it and trying to get through it. There, there was some good games, though. I don't know if you're gonna if you're gonna get to it, but I remember they beat us in a World Series game, they and did. there'd be some I raging after. <laughs> there'd be some close games, like one nothing into like extra innings. So like they would hold their own sometimes against us, which I thought was cool. Well, yeah, that actually gets into my next question because I wanted to ask Dan, as Dan's you know stuck through it through all those all those lows on the Eagles, and Brendan played for a while too after dealing with God knows what mentally, all those losses <laughs> with Daniel and Rachel, but um. <laughs> Like, all those crushing defeats you had, Dan, I think of, the first thing that comes to mind is the Cardinals' loss in 2011 and that yeah. wild, yeah. like, one-game playoff you guys had to get to the World Series. Yep. And then um, the Wildcats in 2014, Game 5 World Series, that walk-off home run. Yeah. And then the Mallards in 2017, that championship series, along with 2018. Um, like, how do you think that's shaped you as a player and as a young man that you are today, Dan? Well, I mean, no doubt. Eventually, like in terms of wiffle ball, eventually it made me a lot better. But you actually just reminded me of a memory. I still don't think the Eagles have ever won a night game. I just thought about that. Yeah, I think we that's always true. got killed by the Wildcats. And Daniel I... would come in so salty after losing every <laughs> yeah, time. There'd I be would be tears in his so eyes, mad. and I'd have to cheer him up. Oh man, those were the days. Isn't that the worst though? Like you got your little sibling. I remember like pranking Daniel when he was younger sometimes too, because Daniel was like my little brother. And then yeah, he'd be crying. I'd feel bad that I took it too far. <laughs> there was a time, Dan. I remember I put like a Hershey bar where you were sitting, and you sat down. Oh, and yeah. Kyle like started laughing like you pooped your pants. Yeah. Oh, that's on camera. Which was like too. not bad, but then you got so upset, and I felt horrible after. You were like devastated. Like you were crying to your dad, and like I mean, we made you think you pooped. You were like six. Bro. Yeah, when you were, you're like seven, devastated. that's like the worst thing you could think of is you pooped your pants. <laughs> Like but like thing. we did it, so we knew it. You didn't no, we do were it. filming that for you. I'm like, surprised I didn't if see you. If that were to happen in public, yes, that's the worst case yeah, scenario. But there was right. no one there besides us. We're the ones that planted <laughs> it there, so it wasn't like anyone thought you actually pooped. But I guess. it was funny. Yeah. Um, Rachel, since you stopped playing and abandoned Daniel, and he was left to fend for himself in the league. Um, <laughs> does it like ever surprise you to see like how far it's gone that the league still exists since he left? Um. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, it's crazy now seeing where you guys have came and. It's really cool to see that from just it starting to us just playing in Daniel's front yard to where you guys are at now. It's really cool to see, and it's cool to be a part of it from where it came from. Does it bother you that your older brother posted on Instagram for the first time in eight years and got 900 <laughs> likes on a post? Yeah, Laura, or our sister actually texted me being salty about it because you don't post in your first post. You get that, but... That's the life, baby. That's the life right there. That's really bad. Funny thing is, I don't care at all. And then, yeah, I get salty texts from my friends and cousins and stuff like that. It's Pe so funny. People were mad that you deleted all your other posts. Oh, they're still you, there. From you, your page. Pipe it up. You heard it here first. They're there. They're archived. I didn't delete them. So once I get, like, two or three more posts in the bank, I'll bring all the old ones back, too. They're going to come back. They're going to resurface. So don't don't you guys worry. I couldn't Daniel, I see his like count going up. Oh, yeah. yeah. Dirty Dan's got those fans. <laughs> but... All right, Brendan, um, you're still someone who's, like, pretty involved with the league um, throughout the years. Um, you've 
played on the Cobras since leaving the Eagles, and you actually contributed in a, you know, in a pretty good way. You hit some home runs on the Cobras, um, played in some big games with that squad, and now even though you've moved away, I think you're still technically on that roster, and you help a lot with you know our tournaments and out-of-state events. So just how much do you enjoy just being a part of it and, uh, and watching it grow throughout your childhood and now into your young adulthood? I mean, it's one of those things that's surreal that you don't think is like happening and you want to take advantage of while it's still around. Uh, obviously, it's one of those things you never know how long or, you know, it'll live in prosperity. But like the fact that we have a, a thing that people enjoy watching and that, uh, you know, I have the opportunity to be a part of and help with, like, especially when I was home after school a couple of years ago, I was like, absolutely, I'm going to help with building the field, playing in the games. Now that I'm living farther away, it's like a no-brainer. If I can make it to a tournament, I'm going to absolutely be there to help with umping and coaching and selling stuff or whatever we're doing because, I don't know, it's a, it's a unique thing that really not a lot of people have the opportunity to help with and be a part of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been wild. I mean, even this side gig of the podcast of this league of the MLW Empire now is 100 episodes as we are all here gathered for. But um. <laughs> Kyle, to take it all the way back and bring it full circle as you're kind of the editor and the backbone of this thing, um, do you have any, like, concrete memories of editing any of those, like, Eagles versus Wildcats games back in 2010 on the, on the family computer or not really? Oh, yeah, it was great. So, like, now, to put it in perspective, like, we'll film the series, and it's a full-on operation, and it takes a full week to edit. But literally back then in 2010 or 11, when I was, like, 11-year-old or a 12-year-old, I would just edit the day of, and it'd be up on YouTube, like, an hour later because I'm just stringing together clips from the family camcorder, just one camera. Um, and that was like that's where my, my love for video editing began. And it all stemmed from there in the summer of 2010. So um, with some makeshift software, it was like Flipshare Studio. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if you remember that, yep. but uh, free software. And it was, um, it was, that summer was honestly so fun. Like just playing every day pretty much. We didn't mm-hmm. even film all the games for people in the, you know listening now. Yeah. They see every single game we play, but that was not the case back no. then. Like we'd, We'd film maybe like what once a week when we'd play like five we were just like, games. Yeah, let's get the cameras out for this one. We yeah, like yeah. A random decision. Your brain doesn't even function like at a high level at that point. So it's just like you film randomly, you play as many games as you want, and we just figured it out. No, but yeah, I I had a lot of fun editing, and that's that's where the love began, honestly, in the the uh, early stages at Colts Field. Yeah, that first. You guys should go back and watch the 2010 MLW opening day, the first ever MLW video, not the first ever video on the channel, but the first ever MLW video. Um, yeah, we played probably all day for hours that day, but the video is about a minute long. Yep. Um, I didn't get a single at bat in that video. It didn't hit any dingers or anything, so uh, I didn't make the cut, and that's just how it was. We It was just highlights, and then it kind of got bigger and bigger. I remember, Kyle, the first video, I was like, oh, this is actually sick. You still remember this. Whenever video had the Welcome to the World song. Yeah, it's July 17th highlights. That was a sick video. Was that 2010? <laughs> yeah, it's 2010. You were wearing, like, a blue Under Armour yeah, shirt. Yeah, Brendan's yeah. in, like, an orange shirt. Yeah, that was sick because I'm I'm pretty sure we like included every clip from the game and it had a like a sick song and it had like the permanent camera angle on the side. Yeah, yeah, and this is a fun fact too. I would have to buy my songs off yep. Napster for like a dollar twenty nine if I wanted mm-hmm. to include it in the video because I didn't know how to like uh, take them from like a third party yeah. site and just download whatever I wanted. Um, and Napster's like defunct now too. It's yeah. not a real thing, mm-hmm. but that's another one of those memories that. These, these kids won't know about. As you guys can tell, Kyle has, like, a photographic memory of the videos and what we were wearing, what songs he used. <laughs> like, it's insane. I'm not nearly as good as that. I guess that probably comes from the editing, but... Maybe. But even, it's still a long time ago. Even Jack brought up, like, his favorite pod memory was the video podcast, and I, like, forgot that ever even happened. It, like, didn't even cross my <laughs> mind when we were doing this one today, so that's kind of wild. But, all right, folks, to wrap it up, for each of the five of us, I guess we'll start with Kyle. Um, we're 100 podcasts in... We're uploading weekly, so podcast 200 will be approximately two years from now. Kyle, what's uh, one thing you'd love to see in MLW happen by then? That's a great question. Um, Can I bring it about this podcast? Sure. I want you to host a live podcast in front of a crowd, in front of an Ooh. MLW crowd, on a stage, get some Q&As, That's get some guests. Um, but in terms of just MLW... I think continuing to travel around and take over some cool venues for tournaments and series, I think that's the next the next cool step for MLW, so I'd have to say something around that space. Okay. How about you, Dan? Yeah, I was similar to what Kyle just said. I think it would be awesome if MLW held a series at a MLB park or like Yep. You know, imagine like a video where like we take over like Fenway or Wrigley. That would Fenway be would be insane. It's like the dream venue. Absolutely insane. So yep. yeah. Okay. Brendan, how about you? 
Uh, MLW International. I think oh, the you opportunity to. <laughs> Let's go. No, I think uh, the chance to have tournaments internationally kind of cater to some of the international crowd that we have in Latin America and then East Asia would be fantastic because the fans aren't in, in North America only. And I think that being able to cater to them and see them and meet them in person would be humongous. Yeah, that's a good one. All right, Rachel, what do you got? Anything going on in that, <laughs> in that brain of yours? She's at college. She's got mush brain. She's working on a summer job. Um, I'll go with 1 million subscribers. Ooh, I like that subscribers. one. We're on the road. That kind of, that kind of stole mine another one, but now, <laughs> now I'm out two ideas. I was going to say it definitely, and I truly wholeheartedly believe this will happen, but it'll be iconic when Kyle and I take the picture with the next plaque. So we that picture of us in the Wildcats jersey and the picture of us with the silver plaque and then the picture with the gold plaque. That'll be so, like, oh, yeah, I, yeah, that'll yeah. be, like, a really cool moment. Gotta um, keep pushing, man. Anything that hasn't really been said yet, I would say that um, – I think having Two some like now. sick player involved with MLW fully. So like c- coming to the Meadows to watch games or being a part of our mm-hmm. brand, I think that's another really cool thing that you see now with like John Boy Media gets MLB players, so does Barstool, and so does like all, all these media companies. I think MLW could eventually grow into that role too where you're actually getting big media personalities. Yeah, I'll say two years from now, I like for sure expect Laird to be like, like say like postseason time comes around two years from now, like the 2020. 2020- uh, 2024 season, whatever it is, to be like national hype. Like I expect, like our Instagram posts to be flooded with like verified mentions. Like everyone's excited. People on Twitter are just going crazy. Like at a national level, on a national scale. So that's that's kind of what I see happening. Also, the stadium. Yeah, that's another thing too. That's an ultimate goal. We need to have an MLW stadium one day. The property. Yeah, it'd be insane. Well, we did it, guys. We got the original five together against all odds. I wasn't quite certain that Brendan would be available because he's a busy guy, and I didn't know if Rachel would want to do it, but I, I got her to I got her to get on the call. So uh, we did it. We made a podcast 100. Jack's been sitting here spectating. <laughs> Any thoughts, Jack? <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> I appreciate you guys letting me listen. This has been cool. I think it's pretty. I think it's pretty funny. Uh, just you know how how far it's come and uh, the stories. Just thinking about the dynamic of those teams, you know, way back in the day, it's it's funny to think about. So I mean, it's, it's I have a question for Jack. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Jack, did you even like know about like our original five, like in 2010 or 11? Like, when did MLW first pop into your mind? Like, did you know this was happening back when we, when we were in like middle school? Um, I didn't know you guys were just like messing, like not, not messing around, but I didn't know that it was like a uh, around for that long. I think the first yeah. time I was ever really introduced to it was probably. You know, I probably caught wind of it in maybe set like eighth grade, maybe or yeah. seventh grade, I think. Yeah. And then because I think I started in 2016. Um, so, yeah, like, I mean, I knew it existed, but I didn't know where it came from. <laughs> and then when I first joined and, you know, I went down and all the way down and watched those videos. So it's cool. Uh, you guys should be proud of what you built, all five of you. Yeah, appreciate it, Jack. Appreciate it, Jack. It means a lot coming from you, buddy. Um, you guys are yeah, the rock. You guys funny. are the foundation. To, what'd you say? You guys are the foundation, you know? You're the rock. I mean, yeah. I mean, what we were doing back then, especially, like I said, like the whole dynamic of the siblings and the sibling rivalry and just the competition, yeah. the tears, the emotion, like all that. It's what every kid goes through, but just um, we decided to be a little extra and take ours farther than, farther than most would, I guess you could say. Yeah, put it uh, on YouTube. <laughs> put it on YouTube. Why not? Record yourself as a child. You'll you'll never be more thankful when you look back and watch how stupid you look. But um, yeah, it's, it's good times. Tom, so, I got a I got a question for Daniel and Rachel that I've been thinking of. Like okay. you guys obviously started playing when you were like nine. Like, what's yeah. your earliest wiffle ball memory? Do you have like the early early oh. day memories? Or Daniel can't even I, remember his rookie season, dude. Daniel always tells me he doesn't remember anything. No, I actually. I think my earliest memory, and I think only Kyle would know this, is when, Kyle, do you remember taking a picture of me out on the front lawn to make, like, a baseball card type oh, thing? Oh, yeah. Oh, it was, yeah, it was, like, Daniel's, like, avatar, like, profile yeah, picture. With the, with the blue bat, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was that, sick. That might have been, like, a preseason thing, like, getting ready for the season or something. But, like, I don't know. Maybe we thought we were really cool. No, like, it's for the website. Ba- okay. We needed a profile picture for, oh, for the website. Yeah, okay, that's what it was. That's, yep. that's what I, not even planned, but, yeah, that's what I remember. How about you, Rachel? Um, I don't have like a specific game memory either, but I would say I just remember spending hours of just me and Daniel practicing just us two <laughs> on the field for hours and yeah. just 
grinding. <laughs> Fun fact, guys. Rachel actually ended up being a very good softball player, even though she quit, which is unfortunate. But she was like the stud on varsity as a freshman at our high school, which had like 2,000 kids, but did, didn't take it any farther than that. Um, I think she only played about two years of high school softball, and then that was that. But, um, yeah, I, I remember for Rachel, she might not remember this, but I can remember distinctively that night game we played, like the first night game where I caught that ball like against the wall. Oh, just oh, robbed. I remember I getting remember an absolute <laughs> mouthful from my mom about, like, being too hard on Rachel and all this stuff, <laughs> how I should just let her have her home run, blah, blah, blah. I, I, I got torn up for that. from you. There was, I mean, that's just part of the siblings. Though. That walk home from Daniel's house would be tears every yeah, time. I remember, <laughs> I remember that as well. A lot of tears. Ra- Rachel's made me cry before too. I remember a specific funny memory where I spent like the entire morning one summer as probably like a, she was still like a baby. She was probably like three, but she was just right away. She was just that sibling who was just a thorn in my side. I was probably five years old. And I set up like this giant spiral of dominoes across my entire <laughs> kitchen floor. It took me hours, okay? And I was so excited. And I called my mom into the room and she was like holding Rachel. She sets Rachel down and I'm like doing like a countdown from 10 to knock this thing over. And Rachel just crawls over and swats the whole thing down. <laughs> and I cried for probably a half hour. I was the most devastated I've ever been in my life, I think. So that just goes to show what we went through as children. But that's why. Good times, good memories. A lot of them have to do with MLW. I mean, we played everything, guys. We played wiffle ball, mini sticks, basketball, bike races. We did it all as kids. You guys can go back to listen to some of the podcasts when oh, yeah. me and Daniel first started, like in the 50s or so, episode 40 or episode 50. We talked about that a lot. Yeah. But um, wiffle ball was just kind of what we. Have you ever, have you ever talked going. about how your butt went through the wall in our basement that one time? We don't need to talk about that. <laughs> um, For another day. There may have been a drywall damaging that I was that happened. That we can but, see currently. Nah, other than that, it's been a it's been a fun ride. It's been a fun journey. It's been a, this is a much needed reunion. I think this podcast was just an excuse to get everyone together much again. Needed. But um, yeah, can't wait to see where it goes next. And uh, who knows? Anything's possible. I think we've shown it already. Anything's possible. But still, a lot of room to grow. I love hearing that from the fans too about like how the potential is unlimited and stuff like that. So that's right. But for now, for the, from the five of us, I think this is uh this is a wrap. Thanks for you guys for tuning in throughout the whole thing. For the pod squad that's been with us for over 100 episodes, we truly appreciate it from the bottom of our hearts. I appreciate all the nice, kind DMs, all the questions you guys submit, everybody hyping it up in the comments on Instagram. We love it. We thank you guys. And uh, we'll see you next time on episode 101.